Welcome to the Leadership Now podcast with Dr. Aaron Rock, lead pastor of Harvest Bible Church in Windsor, Ontario. On this show, we talk about the nuts and bolts of theology, church life, cultural issues, pastoral leadership, ethics, and other relevant matters that will help you lead better now. I'm your host, Chris Yeoman, and today we're going to do an update on the vaccine passports specific to Ontario, though this will apply to Uh, other provinces across Canada that are also rolling out similar things. Uh, And we're calling this episode Tyranny and the Spirit of the Antichrist. Aaron, can you update our listeners on what was just announced today? Yeah, well, this this came off the the press just over an hour ago. uh, We've been long suspicious that uh, our premier here in Ontario, Doug Ford, is a liar. And he's proven himself to be a, a liar He's already proven himself previously to be a hypocrite and a tyrant. It's it's a sad day that we have to say this, but truth is truth. The man's a hypocrite. He is a tyrant. And now he's very much a liar. He said, uh, and this was reported on July 15th, that there would be no no way he's going to allow for vaccine passports in Ontario. And today he has permitted them. So the press is reporting that uh, Ontario residents are going to have to provide proof to go to their gym, cinemas, restaurants, casinos, and a whole boatload of other um, businesses and services. Even stuff like weddings and funerals, right? Weddings, I think, are part of that. Um, he He's not mentioned churches yet, although I'm going to speak to that momentarily because I honestly believe it will happen. There's a reason for it. We can look back at how he's acted in the past. There's 99% chance the churches will will comply, and uh, this will become part of the way we're supposed to do ministry. So basically, um, you know, you'll you'll print off your uh, your vaccination proof, and you'll be able to use that to get into various places. And if you don't have it, you're not allowed in. But then they're going to transition it to an electronic app on your phone. So now you got QR codes. Uh, this very easily will be able to be tied into contact tracing, and uh, you know it's essentially surveillance technology. So they're going to know what your medical status is, where you are, you know what what you've eaten, and um, you know who who you've been in contact with. So there's a there's a lot about this that is very disturbing. And um, we need to talk about this today because it it really is, in 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 the most pure sense of the word, uh, abject godlessness, and the state donning the mantle of Lord, which they've been donning for a while, of Savior. They're going to save us through the vaccine, and um, in, in a sense. Um, you know, we, we could also say that uh, the state is functioning as our, our king. So, uh, you know, we live in a democratic country, at least we used to, but there's uh, we, we've moved very quickly into a totalitarian state. And we've been saying this on this podcast, you know, because mm-hmm. you've been part of it since the beginning, that this is just going to get worse and it just keeps getting worse. And each time the vast majority of the population supports it or complies, churches support it and comply. And they're like, okay, this this is the last time we're going to do it. And then another thing's added and another thing's added and another thing's added. 
it's high time that citizens vaccinated and unvaccinated churches and small businesses and big box stores all just said, no, we're not going to do it. We need to embarrass and shame these leaders, which represent us into submission before uh, we find ourselves uh, in a place in our country where uh, the damage is so severe that it'll take generations and generations to fix. Mm -hmm. So can you lay out for us, and you already have started, some of the the clear main objections to vaccine passports or this vaccination passport? Yeah, so there's many reasons why we should reject it. I wrote an article, I think it was 25 reasons to ban vaccine passports, but kind of the the big ones are, uh, first of all, these are clearly political. There's there's no question about it. They're, Mm -hmm. They're not medical, they're political. First, they tried lockdowns and masks. And by the way, uh, masks are ridiculous. I mean, think about this. They've been compared to seatbelts. Okay, seatbelts, you can't tie across your your chest in your car, you know, a three-eight-inch piece of yellow rope. <laughs> you can't pull a shirt over. They have to be CSA approved. They have to meet certain standards. They're proven to work. There's no There's no standards at all for masks. You can wear an old T-shirt around your face. You can wear a rag. You could wear um, an N95 mask. You could wear a respirator. You can wear whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It doesn't protect your eyes. It It's questionable as to the degree to which it even protects you from inhaling or, or passing on the virus. It's all political games, folks. Mm-hmm. And people need to understand this. This is all biopolitics. It's taking a biological threat, which... <laughs> We know we know how to fix it. It's it's very easy. If we follow biblical law, it's very easy to to quarantine sick people, to um, mitigate against viral sp- spread. But instead, we're, we're we have all these gimmicks and tricks that they're coming out with to try to control the population. And so clearly, this is political. Ford said absolutely no. Now it's absolutely yes. Within six less than six weeks, if you count, well, it's right around six weeks now. The man's a liar. He's buckled to the political system. And the sooner people realize this isn't a, these are not medical responses, these are political responses, then the more we understand that we don't have to apologize for being anti-science, the worse we might have to apologize for is not getting engaged in politics enough. So that's, that's the one. Secondly, it's not going to accomplish anything because like every other policy, it's applied to certain venues and not to other venues. So there's all kinds of places you can still go and not have your vaccine passport. But they're basically picking on people that own gyms, run theaters, restaurant owners, these sorts of things. I mean, some of them I'm kind of happy. You're not allowed to go to a strip club. Big deal. I mean, how absurd is that? I have to have a vaccine passport if I want to go to a strip club because, after all, I need to be concerned about my health in a strip club. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's absurdity. Mm-hmm. Third, it violates bodily autonomy, which is a fundamental human right. I am an individual. My body belongs to me. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to the guy next to me. It is a cert- there is a certain my body, my choice theology woven into scripture. We're made in the image and likeness of God. Your body is a temple. You steward it. I don't steward your body. You don't steward mine. Mm-hmm. So it's a violation of bodily autonomy. It's also a violation of the right to work. For those that are running these businesses that are now being forced to accept vaccine passports in order to have customers, this is going to affect their bottom line because people won't go to them. Their Mm -hmm. businesses will be reduced. 
So you, again, you're robbing from certain sectors of the economy and you're allowing other sectors of the economy to stay open. It's also a violation of charter rights. It's now becoming kind of a permanent violation of charter rights. So I, I can't, I don't have true freedom of movement. I don't have freedom of conscience. So this is not just a temporary thing. It's it's an ongoing, we're moving increasingly closer to the two-year mark now that we, now that we're getting into the fall. It's a violation of charter rights. It's a violation of personal conscience. You know, Romans 14, people have different opinions on these disputable matters. It's a violation of personal conscience. It opens up the door for surveillance. You're essentially going to be tracked. In fact, you're not essentially going to be tracked. You will be tracked. You have to have these apps on your phone. Again, they're going to know where you went, what you ate, who you were with. This is a surveillance state, and people mm -hmm. should be concerned about that. But Chris, most fundamental to all of this, most fundamental, is this really does represent the spirit of the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist, in that the state becomes your Lord, your Savior, your rewarder. Mm -hmm. uh, the state dons the mantle, if you listen to Justin Trudeau's language, on a federal level, as he campaigns for federal re-election, he's, he's, he's speaking as if he has a pulpit in front of him. He's speaking as if he's a, a moral authority. Mm -hmm. You have to do this. It's your responsibility. You're going to kill your children if you don't. You know, you're, you're, you're anti-science. You know, it's like God has given us science. You're anti-science. His language is um, moral in nature. It's... You know, you, you have to protect your neighbor. Everybody needs to do their part. This this is the language of someone that sees themselves as a savior and a rewarder of those that are righteous. You know, in 1 John chapter 4, uh, it says there in verse 2, every spirit that acknowledges Christ Jesus, that Christ Jesus has come in the flesh, is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist that we've heard is coming and is now already in the world. Well, the, the theologian in me wants to zero in on, you know, the notion that this text implies, you know, we have to, we have to acknowledge, for example, the full humanity of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. The full humanity of Christ. So there's a, a, a theological thing here where um, – you know, we need to acknowledge the true and living Christ. We need to acknowledge that he is fully God and fully man. But the spirit of the Antichrist, more broadly speaking, is anyone that doesn't acknowledge that Jesus Christ is who Jesus Christ is, period. And Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Lord of the church. He's Lord of my body. He's Lord of the state. And these tyrants that are running our country, the tyrannical mayors, the tyrannical health officials, the tyrannical premiers, the tyrannical prime minister— these people are, in a sense, functioning as antichrist because they're they're claiming authority over things that Christ has authority over, mm -hmm. that they do not have authority over. And when people remain silent, even those that disagree, you're essentially affirming their choices. So th these are things that should should concern us. So I have a, a lot of objections, but my main one, I suppose, would be that the state. Uh, dons the mantle of, uh, as I've mentioned, Lord, Savior, and rewarder of quote-unquote righteousness. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned some of those uh, objections, one of the things that popped into my mind, and maybe you know more about this, but as far as I know, nobody has said these are temporary measures, at least in Ontario. Is that correct? Or 
Well, you know, I think in I think it was in British Columbia they put a date on it. I think it's January or February. But these things are open ended. So mm-hmm. even if even if they do attach a date to it, and they often do with like the reopening acts, they're always extended, extended, mm-hmm. extended, extended, right? So the lockdowns were two weeks to flatten the curve. That turned to essentially six or seven months combined. Um, so we have no reason to believe that these are temporary, and we have a lot of reason to believe they're permanent or at least will go on for several years. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any normal thinking person would uh, you know, necessarily have agreed to any of the stuff that we've been through in the last 18 months if they told us right up front back in March of mm-hmm. 2020, yeah, by the way, we're going to lock you down for months and months and months. We're going to destroy the economy. We're going to uh, shutter churches, fine and prison pastors. And we're going to have, we're going to go from 70% vaccinated to requiring 100% vaccinated and a vaccine passport. See mm-hmm. how fast it's changed? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yep. You know, just a couple months ago, we got to get 70% to get into stage three mm-hmm. in our province. And now it's, it's changed again. It's 100%. So, um, I, I'm, I'm, I, I have some, you know, thoughts on how this is going to affect the church, which I think should concern us. Right now, they're saying that, you know, it's 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 not going to apply to the church, but I, I think it's probably going to move in that direction. Mm-hmm. That does bring a good point because I think a lot of people were probably reading the release today, or maybe have uh, looked with. Um, look very intently to see if churches were listed and churches have not been listed and some may have breathed a sigh of relief, but you don't think that's the case. And why is that? Well, because I have 18 months of experience behind me now. And so, so do the rest of us. And this is how, this is my prediction on, uh, on what's going to happen. So we're going to, we're going to be exempted as churches and the pro-compliance pastors are, are going to be on Twitter this afternoon and they're going to be saying things like, see, this proves the church isn't being persecuted, right? We're mm-hmm. going to see that. This proves the church isn't being persecuted. And um, by the way, I don't spend a great deal of time talking about persecution. I'm concerned about the broader effects of tyranny on all of culture because all of culture, not just the church, belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. So when the state infringes upon the church's rights, I'm concerned about that. I'm also concerned about the church, uh, the state infringing upon people's rights to work or raise their children, et cetera. Okay. But the way this normally works is um, what's going to happen. My prediction is what's going to happen is that the churches are going to be exempt for a little while. And then uh, we're going to start to observe that most churches, the compliant churches are going to start to require vaccine passports for entry. We already have this apostate out in Western Canada that's requiring it in his church. So we're going to have lots more apostates that reveal their true colors. They're going to require vaccine passports in their church. They're going to do it in the name of public health. But what they're actually doing, and this is why I'm calling them apostates, not just guys that are wrong, is they are robbing the Lord Jesus Christ, who mm-hmm. shed his blood for the remission of our sins, of the worship that is rightly due him by his redeemed people. Mm-hmm. I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. These people are apostate who who require uh, who who require who ban people from worship. Just like if they ban people from worship for not wearing masks, they're apostate mm-hmm. because they're robbing the Lord Jesus Christ to shed His blood for the remission of our sins, for the worship that is rightly due Him. Okay, these are apostates, 
and we're going to see a lot more apostates in the coming months, false teachers. And what people like Ford are going to see is they see these churches comply. They're going to sit back and think, you know what? The reason why we uh, exempted them in the first place, because we know that why, why we're not on the list. Mm-hmm. They're concerned about pushback, right? Yep. So now they're going to test the waters. Well, if churches start to comply, they're like, hmm, well, I, I guess it's just a small number of you know weirdos that don't want to comply. So mm-hmm. why not slap these vaccine passports on these places of worship as well? Secondly, without question, we're going to get attacked by the public mm-hmm. for not having Vaccine passports. The neighbors across the street from the church who represent the spirit of the Antichrist, a few of them, they're going to start calling in. I'm going to predict that the Windsor Star with false false journalists who hate the church and hate that which is righteous like Ann Jarvis are going to start to attack our church. The, lo- the mayor is going to say nothing. Mm-hmm. The local MP is going to say nothing. And... The premier is going to listen to this and he's going to realize, hey, you know what? I have public opinion on my side and I have uh, a bunch of churches on my side. So I'm going to extend this um, onto the church. And I'm going to tell you this. If that doesn't happen, it's only because men like myself and you Mm -hmm. and others are going to speak in as bold and as blunt of language as we are right now. Mm indicating that we're not going to put up with this garbage. We will not comply. Over my dead body, will I ban people from Christian worship, from worshiping the living Lord Jesus Christ, because they don't have a vaccine passport in their hand. But if the state thinks they can gain control over us and get score political points for it, they will. And the lying media and the silent or compliant politicians municipally Mm-hmm. Um, provincially and federally uh, will play a role in this. And so uh, you can sort of save this soundbite and prove me wrong in six months or so. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen in the last, you know, period of time, just as you, as you say, definitely points in that direction and proves the point. What does this teach us about politics? Well, it teaches us, that you get what you ask for and you don't get what you don't ask for. Doug Ford, um, of course, has received a lot of pushback for this, but he's primarily received it, as I understand it, from outside of kind of the main metropolitan areas. It would it would it would appear to me, and I'm not sure about this, but it would appear to me that a huge cross-section of the population outside of like the GTA, the Vancouver's, the Montreal's aren't really favorable toward this. Vaccinated and unvaccinated. See, this is where vaccinated and unvaccinated people need to come together and resist this. A lot of them are resistant to the idea of vaccine passports. But the the the, the core of of Doug Ford's constituency is, you know, in the, in the in the GTA, the Greater Toronto area. And people in these large urban centers for whatever reason seem for, to a large degree, out of touch with reality. Not all of them. We have some quality allies and friends in these areas, but a lot of them are out of touch with reality. And if you look at um, the pushback or the, the support that Doug Ford receives on his, his Twitter posts and stuff, there's a lot of you know downtown Torontonians, et cetera, that seem to be okay with this. I don't know if it's because they're living in greater fear or, or what it is. Maybe there's a more of a godless culture in some of those large urban areas. 
um, a more of a reliance upon you know the the the, the proverbial Borg to to support them and sustain their their lives. But um, you get what you ask for. You don't get what you you don't ask for. So if we don't demand uh, that these things come to an end, they're just going to go on and on and on. Another lesson is we're ruled by liars. Of course, politics tends to be dominated, unfortunately, by people that don't tell the truth, the mm-hmm. whole truth and nothing but the truth. And the other thing we're learning is that politicians love to pass the buck. So one of the one of the things that concerns me is um, when this kind of stuff happens, let's say provincially, mm-hmm. a lot of a, a lot of people will call and, and wrongly they'll call, let's say. Um, a, uh, a provincial member of parliament, they'll complain. And the provincial member of parliament will say, oh, that's not my my jurisdiction. My jurisdiction is not over provincial health. And then you call your mayor, right? And the mayor or counselor, so that's not our jurisdiction. But in some respects it is because it's a violation of charter freedoms. And when people have a platform, okay, I'm not a politician. Why do I have to speak to these issues? Mm-hmm. Because I'm committed to righteousness, I'm committed to liberty, I'm committed to freedom, I'm committed to the lordship of Christ. I'm not an elected official. I could be an elected official, but I'm not an elected official. I don't want to be an elected official. What I want is for elected officials to act like elected officials. And it's in the best interest for MPs to speak out against tyranny that they see provincially. Mm -hmm. Just like it's in the best interest of mayors to speak out against tyranny that they might see federally, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. So- the, the 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 problem though is is there's a lot of uh, you know people behind the scenes that are kind of like wow we don't really agree with this you know it's probably not the greatest thing but they're not speaking loud enough mm-hmm. they're they're being silent they're they're demonstrating cowardice and we're seeing this true among pastors at at this point I would just say to my audience if you're in a church okay if you're in a church where your leadership is still silent leave today leave that church today mm-hmm. hopefully they'll turn the corner and repent but it's 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 ridiculous it's just gotten completely absurd and unacceptable that so many christian pastors across the province have said absolutely nothing in opposition to tyranny mm-hmm. in fact many of them are supporting it mm-hmm. and they're supporting it by their compliance they're supporting it by Attacking churches that have resisted and, you know, lauding every move of Trudeau, of Ford, of Kenny, of all these other tyrants that are uh, ruling our Mm -hmm. country in the name of public health. Lots to learn about politics there. And I think for many of us, this last year and a half has uh, gotten us far more involved in the political world than we've ever been. But that's because the political world, as we've said before, has invaded our religious world or our Christian world of Christian spheres of authority. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the question that's pressing on everyone's mind is how do we respond to this? Well, short term, okay, long term, we're going to need to, we're going to need to think about uh, some more robust responses depending on how the situation unfolds. But short term, the, the easiest thing to do is just not to comply. Okay. So just say I'm not complying. Okay. I'm not complying too bad. Take a hike. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not complying. We we refuse. We're not going to be coerced into uh, carrying around a vaccine passport. We're not going to be con- uh, coerced into being vaccinated if it's against our conscience. 
And uh, even if we are vaccinated, we're not going to be coerced into telling everybody whether we've been vaccinated or not. Mm -hmm. So human nature, let, let me just speak to those of you that might be listening that are vaccinated. Okay. Human nature is to think primarily about yourself. But Christians are called to think about others, you know, to consider others, mm -hmm. to sacrifice themselves for the good of others, to even consider others better than yourself. And those of you that are vaccinated, it, what, what might happen is that you might really oppose vaccine passports, but then, you know, when push comes to shove, you'll have your certificate and you're going to go to these businesses and cinemas and you're going to show your little vaccine passport and they're going to let you in and you're not going to receive any flack. But over time, you're going to sort of forget about the fact that there's a large portion of the population that are being stigmatized and discriminated against and treated unfairly. And you cannot permit yourself to do that. So if you're vaccinated, my plea to you is refuse to show anyone your vaccine passport. Refuse it. Mm -hmm. Don't use it to your advantage. Think more broadly. Think on a macro level. Think about culture and what you're participating in. Refuse to do it. Refuse to comply. Someone says, are you vaccinated? None of your business. Mm -hmm. Whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, none of your business. I was um, you know, at my dentist the other day, and he, and he asked that question. And you know, we had a conversation about it. And as I've said on this program before, it's it's not, nobody's business. Mm -hmm. Like right now, the listener might be like, oh, I wonder if Heron's vaccinated or not. Well, it's none of your business either. What difference does it make? Mm -hmm. What vaccine are you talking about? The flu shot, tuberculosis, or whatever shots, you know, people get over the years. Mm -hmm. Do you want to see my medical record? Do you want to see my, you know, latest ectocardiogram? Do you want to, do you want a body scan? Like, why mm -hmm. do you care mm -hmm. about the the status of my vaccination? It's ridiculous that we've got to a point in society where people are even asking this question. So just um, the best thing for us to do vaccinated or unvaccinated is to refuse vaccine passports, just refuse it. And if there's a business that is opposed to it, but that's being pressured to have vaccine passports, support them. Mm -hmm. If there's a business that is in favor of vaccine passports, don't give them a dime of your money. If there's a university that is requiring it of you, um, don't go to school this year. Don't give them your tuition money. Uh, as I've said already, get out of churches that remain silent now. Get out of them now because they're not representing the lordship of Christ over creation and culture. Now, one thing we need to be a little bit careful about is people can, you know, get riled up and, and you know, lose their cool and that kind of thing and, you know, get, get kind of aggressive. I'm in favor of a certain form of aggression. We need to be verbally aggressive. We need to be blunt. We need to be bold. We need to we need to sue. We need to litigate. We do need to be careful, you know, leading up into this election and losing our cool because tyrants will use that against us. You know, you and I were talking about mm -hmm. this earlier today. Ty tyrants will use that against us. The elite will use that against us. It's like, see, it's just the nut jobs. So we need to be we need to be careful about that. We know there's a time for more forcible means in human history when, you know, tyrants are ruling. But we need to be careful about not losing our cool because uh, this will just feed into the narrative that mm -hmm. people that are resisting 
vaccines and vaccine passports. They're just a bunch of lunatic nut jobs, you know, the religious right, et cetera. Um, you know, someone even commented on, on, on Twitter, you know, ha, 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 uh, the religious right just lost some, something like that. Right. right. So even, even they're recognizing there's a religious element to this. Uh, protest, vote out tyrants. Folks, the coming election, forget about all your strategic voting. Here's my advice to you. Do not vote for any official in any party. None of them. Don't vote for any of them. If they've remained silent or complicit in lockdowns, don't, this isn't, this isn't about, this isn't about partisan anymore. This is about basic human rights and freedoms. You don't sit back chewing in your nails. Oh, who's going to get in? Who's not going to get in on and on and on. Look, any, any party, any party leader, any politician that remains silent is part of the problem. That's right. So we can't just blame the ones that are putting the laws forward that are, that are detrimental and dangerous to our society. Mm-hmm. The ones that are silent, sitting back saying nothing because they're concerned about losing political brownie points, vote them out. They're done. Vote them out. They've had 18 months. If they've never spoke out against the seizure of churches— if they've never spoke out publicly about the um, discrimination against small businesses, if they've never spoken publicly against resisting vaccine passports, vote them out. Mm-hmm. No matter what the party is, vote them out of office. Mm-hmm. They may be the nicest person you've ever met. They may be members of a party that you'd normally vote for. Vote them out of office and vote for people who will stand for liberty and uh, bodily autonomy and uh, the right to work, the right uh, to travel, the right to make your own choices, the right to educate your children, etc. I think longer term, with everything that's going on in the world, it's probably a good idea for Christians to start um, to start their own business to start more of their own businesses instead of working for people, that are going to lock you down, take your job away, threaten you with forced vaccinations. More Christians need to start their own businesses. They need to be thoughtful and strategic about starting businesses that are not as dependent upon the the system around them. They should employ godly Christian people in their businesses mm-hmm. so they can you know support one another. Uh, it's not a bad idea for Christians to start to think about maybe collectively buying properties where you know, three or four families can live on a, a larger property with, you know, two or three residences. So they can kind of support each other and share resources because, you know, properties are getting quite expensive. These kinds of things, helping each other um, educate and raise your own children, um, paying for and supporting those that have lost their jobs because they refuse to violate their own consciences, more Christians running for office on all levels. These are all wise and thoughtful things for, for Christians to do. You know, thinking a little more long term, because I think one of the problems Christians have made is we have we have uh, hitched our cart to the world's horse. Right? It's their horse. They take us. The horse goes where where the horse goes. The cart goes. Mm-hmm. And what too many Christians are reliant upon the world system. They're reliant upon godless employers. They they're reliant upon. Um, you know, uh, godless corporations, a godless, largely godless medical system uh, to, uh, you know, for, for their every decision, 
for the support of their family, et cetera. So it's time for us to unhitch our wagons from the world's horse and um, think a little more strategically about how we can uh, support one another, uh, how we can encourage one another and, um, you know, freely worship the Lord. I'm not talking about uh, hunkering down and, 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 disengaging i think we should be more engaged politically and 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 um legally than we ever have before but also protecting your family protecting your assets from uh, the the increased totalitarianism that we're seeing take hold in our country and yeah we are seeing it across the provinces i know quebec just rolled out their vaccine passports today British Columbia, as you mentioned, has, I believe, several other provinces as well, correct? Yeah. In fact, on the on the briefing today from the chief medical officer in Ontario, he, he referenced the fact basically while well, other jurisdictions are doing it. Mm-hmm. So, folks, again, this is political. This is what's going to score us the mo- most points. What are other jurisdictions doing? It's not based on raw science. It's not based upon fundamentally on stopping a virus. We, we know how to stop viruses. Um, first of all, or let me just rephrase that. We know how to reduce viral spread. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't stop viruses. You'll never stop this virus. Once a Delta variant's dealt with, there'll be another variant, right? There's already the Lambda variant down in South America. There'll be another variant, another variant, another variant, another variant. You won't stop it. Wash your hands. You know, don't... don't uh, uh, sneeze in your hand and then grab onto doorknobs. Uh, if you're sick, stay home. You know, exercise general precautions. And know this, at the end of the day, when your time's up, your time's up. Mm-hmm. So instead of fixating on stopping this virus at all costs, we, we, we need to learn to live with it and die with it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a world that lacks resurrection hope and doesn't see the big picture and gets caught up in, in the lies and the... Um, you know, conspiracies of the government, uh, you know, it's it's easy to sort of, um, you know, be swept along, lose your mind, uh, buy into the lies, even start preaching the lies. So we mm-hmm. need to be careful and thoughtful and reflective in, in our approach. And, you know, we know that at the end of the day, the Lord um, is going to, uh, you know, overcome the world and, uh, you know, he, he wins the battle for truth. And, um, you know, we, in the meantime, we, we can see truth and error for what it is. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I want to encourage the listeners, God will win. And because God wins, we win. Mm-hmm. Can I throw two objections that you might hear, that people might hear uh, at you to see what uh, your answer would be? I suppose so. And if I don't answer correctly, then we can just delete them, you know, slice them and dice them from the podcast. <laughs> we'll do our own little censorship. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, some, some would say we live in a democracy mm-hmm. and if the democracy, the majority of people want vaccine passports, then we should get vaccine passports. What would you say to that? Well, if there was a, a, um, like a referendum. Yeah. If there was a, a, let's say a free vote on, on that issue, uh, what people would need to realize then they have to amend a lot of laws. So you basically have to, you know, run the charter through a paper shredder. Mm. So you can't just pass laws when other laws are in place that, uh, forbid this kind of ongoing activity. But if, if, uh, for whatever reason, the world went nuts and in a free and democratic society, people, made a really bad choice to say, we want this, 
Well, then those that oppose it have a decision to make. Do we fight back? Do we leave the country, et cetera? But from a more pure, purest perspective, uh, we as Christians are not fundamentally libertarian. So there's, there's libertarian parties out there, which are better than tyrannical parties. But libertarianism is the belief that it's sort of like uh, each person can make all their own decisions for themselves. Sometimes my listeners might hear me speaking that way, but more, I, that's actually not my, my viewpoint. I'm, I'm enough of an incrementalist to vote for a libertarian group over a group that advocates for tyranny. But from a pure purest Christian perspective, the best form of government is the kind of government that upholds the laws that are delivered to us by God. Hmm. And so if there's a law that is agreed upon by a culture or civilization that is contrary to the word of God, you know, explicitly or in principle, then we need to resist that. So if, if there was a, uh, a situation whereby, you know, 99, just we'll come up with a crazy example, 99% of Canadians said, we want, we want all of our freedoms and liberties taken away. We want the government to surveil us and control us and inject things into their body at, at their will and discretion. Well, it wouldn't be appropriate for the remaining 1% to throw up their hands and say, okay, well, we live in a democracy, so, um, you know, I guess we just got to put up with that. We would, we would oppose that as immoral. We would say it's immoral, it's wrong, it's unacceptable. On a certain level, this already happens because the majority of Canadians clearly are left-leaning, godless, liberally-minded, hedonistic people that don't acknowledge the supremacy of God. And that's why there's so many laws and movements in our culture that reflect that. Mm -hmm. So this, the solution to tyranny is not um, – so, so I, let me put it this way. If, if a tyrant uh, proposes a law – that is godless, we oppose it. Likewise, if 99% of the population proposes a law that is godless, we also oppose it. So we always have to bring it back to God's law. Mm-hmm. Does God, does does the word of God provide us with a theology of bodily autonomy? I believe it does. I've you know, argued that elsewhere. Does it um, limit government in terms of its authority, yes, it does. They, they're responsible for public justice, virtually nothing else. A few other little things, but virtually nothing else. Does the government have control over family, defining marriage, educating your children? No, no, no. Can the government engage in unjust war? No. So all, all of these kinds of things that a government might do are wrong. So we're always bringing it back to biblical law. Um, and when I mean biblical law, what I don't mean is just um, – you know, the t- Torah law. I mean, the, the, all the laws of God collectively in, in, in the entire Bible that speak to how humans interact with each other in government, et cetera, are what we're striving for as Christians. Mm-hmm. And if we get that, as we've said before, even the pagans benefit from that because they're creational in nature. I mean, they're, they're Christian in a certain sense, mm-hmm. but more accurately, they're creational in nature. They're, they're part of the way that God has designed humans to conduct themselves in civilizations. And so if God is a good God, and he is, then any law he wants to put in place that affects politics or human relationships is a blessing and uh, not a curse to a nation like ours. 
That was a good response. That's a good one. Okay, the last one. I saw a tweet yesterday. It might have been the day before. Somebody comparing the number of abortion deaths in the United States uh, in 2018 to the number of COVID deaths in 2020. They were similar numbers saying, why are right-wing people calling one a Holocaust and the other one, they're like advocating against, you know, uh, restrictions that would prevent those deaths. Um, and so they're kind of pitting abortion against um, COVID deaths and saying, why are you not as crazy concerned about COVID deaths as you are about abortion, if that makes sense? Sure. Yeah. So the um, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's basically they're saying, okay, there's a, there's a big number of people that have died of COVID over here. Mm-hmm. And it, it would appear that we're not willing to take necessarily necessary precautions to stop that. And then over here, there's a big number of abortions um, you know, that, that take place in any given country. And, uh, you know, we're, we're regularly speaking out against that. So let me just speak to that. First of all, it's not apples to apples at all. It's just two numbers that are very large that relate to people dying. So over here, we have abortion. Unnecessary. It's unnecessary to go in with scalpels and knives and cut up baby humans in their mother's womb. There's no reason for that. There's never never a reason for that. There's not a reason for that in rape. You don't punish a child for the sins of their father. There's not a reason for that when the child has Down syndrome, another disability. That's uh, disgusting and egregious for us to play God. If God created the child that way, we permit the child to be born. We take care of them to the best of our ability. We exercise love in the process. There's never a, a valid reason to snuff out the life of a child in the womb. So we have an unexcusable violation of God's authority and God's role over the value of human life by killing children in the womb. But God tells us in his word that as a result of sin, we're going to live in a world that is characterized by death and disease. So over here, uh, we're going to have pestilence we're going to have diseases, we're going to have viruses, we're going to have cancer, we're going to have heart attacks, people are going to get run over by wagons or you know, horses or cattle or trains or planes are going to crash. And we, we, want to, we want to, of course, mitigate against that as much as possible. But in mitigating against that, we cannot allow biblical laws to be broken. So for example, in trying to reduce traffic deaths by saying, okay, you know, let's 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 get a good quality seatbelt and put seatbelts on people or, you know, let's let's train people to uh, you know, experts in cancer treatments. We're gonna try to prolong people's lives. Let's um, you know, let's develop drugs and vaccines and um take vitamins and get people healthy healthy so we reduce the chances of let's say dying of covid that's fine but that's not what we're doing that's not what we're doing we're take we're responding to a virus that has killed very very few people actually uh per capita because i personally know of people that have had abortions and i still to date know of no one that's died of covid-19 i know lots of people that have had it but no one that's died of it um, so it's, it's the, the threat is overblown, 
But you, you can't stop that threat by, by saying, okay, we're going to rob people of the right to worship God. We're going to rob people of the right to work. We're going to rob people of the right to travel, et cetera. So I am not opposed to uh, advocating for common sense approaches to reduce viral spread. But that, that's, I, don't, I, just, I don't believe that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Be, there's, there's tons and tons of examples of that. You know, we, you can have sex with someone, be HIV positive as long as you have a low viral load, not even tell them. But you can have no viral load for, for COVID and you can't go within six feet of someone. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's ridiculous. Um, we also know that um, as a result of our desire to reduce COVID to zero, which is the expressed desire of politicians, reduce it to zero, which will never happen. So you're basically chasing after the wind. We have all of these other, uh, you know, all of this other damage that's taking place. Mm-hmm. So it, it would almost be, and I, I want to be careful in using this analogy, partly because I'm sort of making it up as I go, and it might not be the greatest analogy, mm-hmm. but it would almost be like saying, well, if we don't abort children, we're going to lose every single mother. Right. So it would be like if I said, well, I, I'm not in favor of abortion, but if we don't abort these thousand children, then not only the thousand children guaranteed to die, but um, a thousand mothers are going to die. So we're going to instead of killing a thousand, we're going to lose two thousand. It would be like creating an example where I, I argued along that line. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to I, I created uh, a fake outlandish scenario to justify killing the mm-hmm. thousand under the premise that, well, if we don't, we're going to kill 2,000. Mm-hmm. And in some respects, I see that's what we're doing in culture. We're like, well, we got we to gotta save these 1,000 potential COVID deaths. But in order to do that, well, we're going to actually kill you know, many more people in the process. But we're not really going to count them. We're just going to count the ones we've saved. Mm-hmm. And then we also have, as I mentioned earlier, an issue of authority. Um, no matter, e- even if people were dropping like flies before us, it is a very dangerous thing if we learn the lessons of, from history to allow a government to take absolute control over every aspect of life, which they have. Every Can we think of an area of life the government doesn't control? They control our transportation. They, they're controlling our health now. They want to control that they've attempted and have done a pretty good job of it, control the education of our children, access to the economy, our places of worship our uh, free speech, mm-hmm. and on and on and on and on. So we need to resist that on principle that it's dangerous for a culture to um, to allow for dictators to rule um, un- unchallenged. Good stuff. That was also a good answer, and so we'll keep it. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks Woo. for letting me throw those at you. I uh, want to remind our listeners, thanks again for listening. We want to ask you to subscribe to the Leadership Now podcast. Uh, grab it on any platform that uh, you like and share it out. We also wanted to bring to your attention once more the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference that's coming up on September 9th to 11th. That's right around the corner, uh, taking place in Tennessee. And uh, you can get a discount for that conference by being a Fight, Laugh, Feast club member. I think you get a $100 discount. I'm pretty sure that still applies, but you know what? You better go check and just see that you can still get on there. So go to the flfnetwork.com website. Uh, You can also download their app where the Leadership Now podcast is hosted on, as well as you can listen to us on the CJXC Radio Canada's Constant Christian Companion. 11 a.m. Tuesdays and rebroadcast 11 p.m. Thursdays. Thanks so much, Aaron, and thanks to our listeners, and we hope you will 
Come back next week. Tune in for another episode of Leadership Now with Dr. Aaron Rock. 